This week, we look at the women running for the Democratic nomination for president, and we talk about some of the Pride events in Philadelphia and New Jersey. All this and more on The Leftscape! Hi, I'm Robin Renee, and you are listening to The Leftscape, the shape of progressive conversation. Hi, I'm Mary McGinley. And I'm Wendy Sheridan. And uh, today is, what is it, June 26th? It so, June 26th, indeed. Yeah, so we're winding down June. Um, on t- the 27th is National PTSD Awareness Day. On the 28th, to the first of July. Oh wow! I didn't realize that it's the anniversary of the Stonewall riots. I didn't realize it happened over several days. That's that's news to me. A <laughs> new new info. Um, that's the fiftieth anniversary of the Stonewall riots. Uh, on the thirtieth is New York City Pride, and um, then we're going to be into July, which is National Ice Cream Month and Minority Mental Health Awareness Month, which I think is really important, and also UV Safety Month, which is also important. Um, And very appropriate in July. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) wear your sunscreen. (laughs) Yes. And of course, uh, July 4th is Independence Day, and on the 7th of July is National Dive Bar Day, which is go to your local dive bar and have a drink. (laughs) Nice, I gotta go see who's playing at the court tavern yeah. anybody <laughs> that sounds like a dive bar yes a great one <laughs> how about birthdays well let's see uh today is the birthday of ariana grande and also of uh former baseball player derek jeter the 27th is helen keller's birthday 28th is Mel Brooks' birthday. Happy birthday, Mel. <laughs> I thought you Thousand-year-old man. <laughs> right. Uh, the 30th of Michael Phelps is his birthday. Um, then getting into July, July 1st, Missy Elliott and Pamela Anderson. I, th- I think so. I just matched these people up because they're just <laughs> weird people to put together. <laughs> on the second is Larry David and Thurgood Marshall both share a birthday on the 20th. That is a weird combo, too. That is a weird combo. And this one is an interesting combo. July 4th is the birthday of Malia Obama, which is awesome. Happy and, birthday, Malia. <laughs> and Bill Withers. So Lena and me or something like that. <laughs> How old is Malia now? She, she's like in college. I think she's 20. Out I think she's turning 20. Am I wrong? I could, I could, I don't know. She's, I could look that up while we talk about something else. <laughs> but. So um, there's a lot of stuff going on in the news ish uh, in, and, and in the, uh, in the good news department, I guess uh, is, is Ruth Bader Ginsburg was um, awarded the, Best real life hero at the MTV Awards recently, uh, so I think that's cool. Um, yeah, that's for her being the subject of the the documentary RBG. I uh, maybe, or I think it's just because she's a real life hero. Well, yes, the MTV uh, movie and TV awards, and I think that people were voting for her based on that appearance uh, among just her awesomeness in general and (laughs) she did actually they had some other people nominated um she beat rock climber alex hunold comedian hannah gadsby wrestler roman reigns and serena serena williams who i think is pretty awesome but i gotta give it up to rg rbg actually (laughs) in this context so that's that was pretty cool yeah serena will have another chance yeah. <laughs> and uh, let's see what else is in the news. Uh, oh, um, I last our last episode, we featured our interview with um, 
Jalisa Johnson from Mueller, she wrote, and she was very, very cool to uh, include a clip of our interview in her latest show. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So her episode five of the Rachel Maddow show, which is called Let's Keep That Same Energy. She, uh, you know, she gave us a big shout out and included a clip. And so I just wanted to say many thanks for that. Yeah, definitely. I, I want to jump in and, and make note that the sh that her podcast is called the Rachel Maddow show. I, I think that's a great name. Yeah, with, well, I mean, yeah it's, it's but the, I got confused like at first. I know. I had to listen to it a couple of times. Wait, wait, because there is a, a Rachel Maddow show. So what? Because it, it sounds very close. I, I think well, it's I think a that great was the point. <laughs> right. I think it's a great pun. And it's sort of an homage to her hero and uh celebrity crush i think mm -hmm. <laughs> but it is it is a challenge for google because if you google racial mad i'll show it corrects to rachel and i'm like no that's not what i meant oh. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. It, takes a, it takes a while to to find it so um, to type it with deliberation it's like no i did not mean that yeah i'll have to work <laughs> on her seo or something autocorrect <laughs> autocorrect is the bane of my existence now <laughs> right. uh, it, it, it's because i'm typing perfectly cromulent words and it changes into something else so <laughs> um and uh you have something else you have, another a couple of things. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Philadelphia Podcast Festival is coming up on July 17th uh, to the 28th. And uh, Mola, she wrote, are actually going to appear and do a live show there on July 17th. Mm. And um, also, so I'll be in the audience or something for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the um, also the next day, Risk Live. And I think that's a podcast where they people tell stories that they never imagined they would tell in public. Oh wow! And, and yo, why yo is this racist? <laughs> and <laughs> and yo is this racist are going to do their podcast on July 18th. They are all at uh, World Cafe Live, and um, that the tickets are on sale for those now. And then there are many other podcasts that uh, that events are free or pay what you wish, and that's all at phillypodfest.com. So you can. Check out all that information. Philly, Philly Podfest. Philly Podfest, yes, dot com. And I'll definitely have this website. on our website for sure. And um, I have to ask you, though, uh, Yo, Is This Racist? Is that like a, a game show? Like where they <laughs> have panels and, and then they talk about a thing <laughs> and then everybody decides if it's racist or not? Or, or <laughs> They should really have a, a as a game show. I believe it started as a blog and then it's become a podcast and people write in situations and they ask like yo is this racist oh, okay. so it's more like an advice column <laughs> i think it's more like an advice column I, I, I really do need to have a game show episode <laughs> <laughs> that's funny it sounds yeah it sounds informative and i'm sure it could be pretty interesting you know um yeah. and there's also another podcast coming up in philadelphia there's um the black tribbles who are uh african-american geeks and nerds that do a, a podcast, which I think is a lot of fun. Um, they have started a Respect podcast festival, which is Women Podcast Festival, August 24th to 25th. And that's going to be at Amalgam Comics and Coffee House. So we also hope to be in attendance. We won't be uh, broadcasting from there, but we'll be there, hopefully. Maybe someday. Um, yeah, we'll check it out. <laughs> exactly. Next year. <laughs> Oh, I, I yeah, I don't know that we're quite ready right now for a live broadcast anyway. So <laughs> you're maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and and another big news thing which will be happening um, if you if you are listening to us on on Wednesday when the show drops, it's the first Democratic uh, presidential debate happening in the evening, uh, and also, uh, tomorrow night. So June 26th and 27th, uh, the top 20 candidates. <laughs> you have to laugh, right? That's kind of, it's like do. a clown car. It is. It's, it's, so they broke it up 10 each, 10 on each night. And, uh, and out of, I think the 24 candidates, four of them didn't make the cut of how many, people like, I, I, like wait, hang on. is it people or it's uh the candidates to qualify for the debate they had to either hit a fundraising or polling threshold uh, either not both 
either. For fundraising, candidates had to have at least 65,000 donors and at least 200 donors in each of 20 states. For polling, candidates had to garner at least 1% support in at least three national or early state polls. And um, some of them have done both, and some of them have not. And we're not going to read through the list of all of the candidates, because we're going to talk about six of them today in our main segment, which will be coming up shortly. Mm -hmm. I just want to say that it yeah. is... Um, it's funny that there are so many people, but it's actually also impressive that that many people were able to qualify. So there's there's support out there for a lot of different people and, and a lot of good ideas out there. So it's it's interesting. It's gonna, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. And I, and I hope that, you know, whoever, when they drop out, that, that they maybe will consider running for Senate in their home state. Because we also, you know, the presidency is very important. But if we don't take back this, if the Democrats don't take back the Senate, it's kind of going to be a moot point. I mean, there's not a whole lot we're going to get done. I mean, look at what happened over the eight years of the Obama presidency. You know, McConnell, it will quash. And it, it, I, I really would love to see him replaced <laughs> with like even a hamster. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a meme waiting to happen. Uh, <laughs> I saw a meme this morning um, that listed a whole bunch of things that it was from 2016. So it was before the election and it was things that would be a better president than um, Mr. T and, and, uh, and some of them were very funny. Uh <laughs> I don't think a hamster was on the list, but it, like a paper towel was or a roll of paper towels. I don't know. <laughs> At least you could throw that to someone <laughs> yeah. in, a, in a disaster area. Yeah, toss to someone who's in a flood. <laughs> Hi, this is Robin Renee. Root Studio in Columbia, Maryland is a designed environment of creative co-working spaces specializing in enhancing mindfulness through practice in the arts. They offer a wide range of workshops and events, as well as a fantastic acoustic music and spoken word open mic each month. I'll be performing at a special benefit concert for Root Studio on Friday, July 12th at 7 p.m. The complete list of performers and other details will be announced soon, so keep an eye out on rootstudio.org, that's R-O-O-T, studio.org or call them at 410-824-8044 to find out about this and all they have to offer. You can always find me at robinrenee.com and my music is on iTunes, CD Baby, Pandora, Spotify, and elsewhere around the web. Thanks for listening and I hope to see you soon. There's a lot of candidates that are going to be um, talking at the debates, but we wanted to talk a little bit about the women candidates because they don't seem to be getting as much press, as much publicity. Right. Well, there's 24 Democratic candidates right now for president, and out of the 24, six of them are women. Um, and yeah, so I guess we're going to, we'll go through the list alphabetically. Uh, because that's how they showed up when I was Googling, and I'm very lazy. So <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first one on the list is Tulsi Gabbard. So, um, And you know what? I, I heard of her in the very beginning, and I thought she was really interesting, M mainly, I thought, because of her being, uh, from what I understand, uh, of Hawaiian descent. So that would make her the first person of a native, um, you know, to to be candidate. A native Hawaiian, you mean? Yeah, I, I'm not sure she is, uh, but I, you know, I that I don't know. I'm looking at, um, I'm getting a lot of this information from the website Ballotpedia, which mm. is a very nice summary. Um, website for any elections, national or local. So I recommend to any listeners, if they're looking to look 
to check out um, candidates uh, in a sort of a factual, non-partisan-y kind of way to go look there. Um, and uh, and she's, you know, she's in the, she's a, a, a representative from Hawaii. She's in the house. Uh, so she's got some, um, she's got some political experience. Mm-hmm. And was she also in the service? Yes. Yes. She was in mm-hmm. Iraq war. Yeah. Iraq war. And mm-hmm. she served in the Hawaii house of representatives and, yeah. and Honolulu city council. So she's, you know, yeah, she's got some experience. She's done some stuff. She's the first Hindu to be elected to Congress. Ah, ah, that so, must have been what I was thinking of. Yeah, <clears throat> which which is interesting, and it kind of leads to my hesitation about her. Um, yeah. She, which is, it sounds ironic (laughs) coming from me but she actually as far as I understand it very relatively recently started to identify as Hindu and actually grew up in a uh most people would call it a cult I guess okay (laughs) where there was you know sort of a, a main guy who everyone considered to be like a divine being on earth and he's his word was the only word basically um I don't know how many people belong to it, but it was a pretty small thing. Um, and that's, you know, in and of itself. I mean, I'm not opposed to gurus, I suppose, but it, it, um, he was extremely anti-gay and mm. she was in, she, her father and she were involved in, I, I know her dad for sure. Right? And I believe that she was sort of taking part in it really was involved, were involved in a lot of anti-gay activism um, as she was, you know, a young person. Now, I know that she denounced those positions because she used to be anti-abortion and anti-gay. And now she says she's neither of those things. But it feels like, I mean, I know that people can change, can grow and change their positions, you know, but it felt to me like she was involved in something that was so adamant about those things that it it gives gives me pause. Like, I just, I don't, I don't know, you know, and I also think, um, you know, is the information that I have, I mean, I've seen it written a lot, but I don't, I don't want to like be really super negative about people because maybe I'm getting information from someone who's trying to influence against the person just because I don't, you know, there's the whole thing about about being infighting and stuff, but that's my hesitation with, with her was, and it's just, it's a little too disturbing for me, I guess you could say. Well, and it's also, I think there's a, there's a, um, a, I do, I do know of not necessarily personally, but, um, I've read about people who have, you know, are cult survivors. Mm -hmm. So, and they, they actually do end up rejecting a lot of the premises that were, um, put upon them as they were growing up. That's um, true. And I hope it, that that's the case. I really Yeah, hope. it's not an easy thing to do to overcome all of that, but it's it's possible. So, I I think I think we need to kind of look at her voting record to see really where she's standing on stuff. That's true. Um, but yeah, I can understand why there may be trust issues. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what it is, you know. And and I'm certainly willing to look and see um, what she's done. And from my impression is that it's kind of a mixed record and I, I don't have statistics on all of her votes right now, but um, you know, yeah, she's, she's there and I'm going to listen along with everything else. I'd like to hear her speak more. So I'm looking forward to hearing the debate actually, you know? Cool. Okay. Next on our list is uh, Senator uh, Kristen, Kirsten, sorry. Gillibrand from New York. Yes. She's, she's also running for president. Um, and she's somebody that, you know, we see here on the local news cause I get, you know, we're, I'm in the New York area. Uh, so I get a lot of more of that than, than you do being in the Philadelphia sphere of influence, Robin. <laughs> um, right. I, I don't really have, uh, an opinion 
really on her specifically. And it's also, I, I will let me come out and say, I am a huge War Elizabeth Warren supporter. <laughs> We're going to get to her when we get to the W's. But um, so I, I've kind of not been paying a lot of attention to Ms. Gillibrand. Um, and, uh, but she does have, you know, um, she does promote women's issues. Uh, you know, um, what is it? She's got stuff. Uh, um, she's in, uh, wanting to address sexual assault in the military, healthcare for the 9-11 first one for 9-11 first responders that uh, John Stewart's been advocating for for a long time um, and increasing transparency in politics, Medicare for all and universal paid family leave. Um, and uh, I don't know anything else you guys want to say well, about do you, do you think it's going to be held against her? Uh, what she did to Al Franken? What, what did she do specifically? Did she, she's the well, one that she called was... for her, his removal. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like most, most Democrats that I've listened to speak about this feel like, you know, Franken did something that really made it was in such poor judgment that even if, however you think of the level of, you know, issue, you have with what he did it it made it such that he was just not going to be able to govern given that you know that revelation and that it was fair you know if republicans need to step down over stupid or uh you know assault related things that they do then so should like, like democrats that. well i, I don't know what, what which republicans step down over those well I mean, you can't shame I them. Mean, no, well, there there are people, I mean, there are people who say, you know, I'm going to spend more time with my family when something bad, you know, when they, when something <laughs> comes true. out. Yeah, no, it happens. But I mean, uh, yeah, but but I think I mean, the idea is that if you're going to, if you're going to stand on a certain moral ground, then if it happens to someone yeah. who's farther left, then we should agree with that too. So I think most people feel that way about Al Franken and, you know, it was, it sucked, but, you know. It's fair. <laughs> yeah. It, it, if people's paths are going to rise up and bite them in the ass, then yeah, it needs to, it, it's, it's fair, except that it's not fair because I, I don't know. I, I, um, I'm not going to hold it against her because she's not the one that did the thing. But if it was really not, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I miss Frank and he had, he had, he held people's feet to the fire when they needed to be. Yeah. Um, no, I think he was a great politician actually. Yeah. And, no. and I'm sorry that he, he had to go and, but yeah, I agree with you. It's like, we, you can't, you know, if you've got a certain set of ethics and those are violated, then, you know, you have to kind of, you have to roll with it, you know? It's mm -hmm. sad, but it's... <laughs> How about Kamala Harris? Uh, I do like her a lot. I like Kamala Harris a lot, actually. Um, She's also a member of the Senate. I I, 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 I kind of, I remember, <laughs> I watched her during, you know, some of the, some of the Senate hearings. Um, you know, she's not taking shit from anybody. And I love that about her. <laughs> yeah, I very intelligent. Uh, very, I, I found her very impressive in those hearings. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, and I think the years of being a prosecutor gave her that kind of, that sort of speech pattern. I think that's really very yeah. um, commanding, which mm -hmm. yeah. I like a lot. Um, and also the ability to catch people. Right. And ask, no, well, she knows what questions to ask and she's not yeah. fucking around, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is, which is really cool. Um, her, in her, her campaign. Policy. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Okay, you go ahead. <laughs> um, some of her, her policies, she really talks a lot about economic issues and um, universal pre-K is something she's big on. Um, 
debt-free college and a tax cut for working middle-class families. So uh, uh, Medicare for all also, which is great that I think a lot of people, probably the majority are speaking up for that. Um, so yeah, she's, I think she's incredibly powerful. And for me, she's got, and it's so weird because like, it, it, it's not just like somebody's manner that's important, but I think for me, she's got like the, the command energy that yeah. feels very presidential to me, which yeah. is an abstract thing, but I think it matters a lot in people's um, perceptions. And um, so I just want to put that out there. I, I think I, I like to hear her talk. And I, again, I want to hear her speak a lot more. Um, I know that some of her past positions about around crime have been problematic for a lot of progressive people. Um, mm. So I want to hear her talk more about her past as, as, as AG in California and what that, um, what she felt was fair in terms of how she treated people and what she would change and that sort of thing. I just want to hear, understand more about that. Um, yeah. So that's one thing. But I like yeah. that. I'm wondering how yeah, I would be happy 10 people her. on the debate stage, how all of this is going to work, but it's hopefully it won't be like the, the clown car of, of 2016 with the Republicans. <laughs> right. Well, I don't think they're going to have anyone who's trying to be a showboat or a, a jerk as our 40, <laughs> as 45 was. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you might actually hear more of people's actual um, actual thoughts as opposed to like zingers. Right. That's what I'm hoping and, for. And I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of um, a lot of overlap in in the policy positions of a lot of the candidates for the Democratic Party. So I'm hoping that the whole platform, because I know these guys are going to be, you know, all these candidates, when it gets to the convention, it's, you know, it's going to influence how the the Democratic platform is going to wind up for the for this campaign season. And, and I'm hoping, you know, Medicare for all is one of those things or some version of universal health care. That would be awesome. Um, and, uh, so who's next on our list here? Amy, Amy Klobuchar. Klobuchar. Yes. And she's also a Senator. So, and what did she replace? Um, did she replace Franken? Did she replace Franken? I believe Franken? she did replace Franken. Yes. Okay. I should look yeah, that up, but I think that's She's fair. into, she's, her campaign is, um, including automatic voter registration, reducing the amount of money in politics, um, and doing some reinstating the climate regulations that were eliminated by the Trump administration. I don't know if just reinstating those regulations is really going to be enough, um, but she's, you know, at least trying to address climate change as part of her platform. Uh, and I think, honestly, I think everybody needs to have something about climate change in their platform all of yeah. them they all need that because you know what's the point if they the planet is uninhabitable by 2050 yeah yeah it seems like she has all good things on her platform but uh is she the strongest candidate to beat trump i don't know, I don't know. and now we come to I can't, I'm afraid to talk while these pages are loading. Um, now we come to Elizabeth Warren, um, who is, I'm, I would be over the moon if she got to move into 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I would love this. Um, <laughs> I have been, I have been a fan of hers since, uh, gosh, since she was, um, since she started writing those books on family financial planning mm. like when she was teaching in harvard when she was still a professor and i yeah. have all of those books and they were very helpful and oh really and, yeah um and uh you know she's been in the senate for a while and <laughs> and we know she stood up to mcconnell 
<laughs> and yeah. uh, you know, we have a meme because of her. Still, she persisted. Uh, yeah, that's, right. her. that's Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I have to say, too, that um, when I think about the presidency and I think about Elizabeth Warren, I think she's my Jeb Bartlett. She's my. Yeah. My, you know, of, of all the candidates, she's male accomplice. or female, she's the Jeb Bartlett of the group. Yes. And um, what is it? Uh, there was another meme with <laughs> it was it was a it was a, a Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren kind of meme. And, and it was like Bernie. Um, and he said, uh, we should have pie. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's like uh, and then Warren would say, yes, we should have pie. Here's the recipe. I have all the ingredients and the oven is preheating. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which shows the difference between the two. Yes. Yeah. It's it's like she's been thinking about all this stuff for a really, really long time. She helped protect the she helped um establish the consumer protection financial protection bureau, which Trump uh Trump's appointee uh just fired everybody in it like last week, I think. Um and uh you know, she's she's got a lot of really great ideas about, um, you know, how to do how to how to run the economy. Um, she was I was just listening to something she was talking about the other day where it was um, she's talking about right now. Our economy is based on the companies and not on labor. It, it, our economy is not labor focused. And if we if we turn to a labor focused economy, then that will improve the lives of, you know, the middle and lower classes because it will it will it's because it's focused on labor. So um, she's into protecting the workers, you know, um, and she, she's not just paying lip service. She's actually no. put some thought into it. Yeah, she understands what policies need to be put in place to affect this change. Um, she's uh, including a wealth tax on the wealthiest 75,000 families to partially fund universal child care, student loan debt relief, the Green New Deal and Medicare for all. So in other words, she's, you know, she wants to have all these programs, but she's also has that roadmap of how to get there. Yeah, she she doesn't just say, let's do this. She also says, she figures out a way to pay for it. Yeah, mm -hmm. She is definitely the most, um, she has the most fleshed out ideas and policies of really anybody, I think, male or female on the on the list right now. Which yeah. Is, which is really cool. And and I've heard about her. I've been, I've, my awareness of Elizabeth Warren has been, for years, you know, I know a lot of people who really like her. I like her a lot. And I think she's got the enthusiasm behind her, which is exciting, actually. You know, even um, even the, just, her polling just went up like significantly recent this week. Oh, week I didn't see that yet. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think she pulled she ahead did. of Bernie Sanders. I, I yes, think she I, did. Yeah. She wow. did. That's exciting. That's yeah. It is. yeah. It, and and not only that, her vo I just have to throw this out there because one of the crit one of the many criticisms of Hillary was her voice, mm -hmm. you know, um, too strident, whatever. But Elizabeth Warren does not have a strident voice, and she can speak emphatically without uh, triggering the oh, it's a harpy reaction from guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, I know that's like the stupidest thing to rate somebody on, but apparently but it's it, a real thing. It makes a difference with jerk offs. Uh, you know, it's. Yeah. And to be to be um, honest, <laughs> maybe I'm a jerk, <laughs> but I, I one of the things that I, I heard an interview with Kirsten Dillebrand, um a couple of months ago and re really her I couldn't listen to her she was i think she a part of it was that she was trying to speak so quickly that mm. i was like look, gonna hyperventilate because she was trying to say so much <laughs> in such a short time and i i had i wound up turning it off and i felt bad because i was like am i one of these people who's just like oh i can't i don't think i have a problem with women's voices or something but i you know i don't know but there was something in her delivery that 
was really distressed, not even just like annoying, but like kind of distressing to me. Wow. And I'm trying to, I want to think about that within myself, like what was triggering that or what, what was going on with it. But there was something, I think the, I think that presentation matters, you know, and yeah. one hopes it's not based just fully on sexism or something like that. You know <laughs> what I mean? But it's like, it was a thing that really did affect me. So wow. I definitely want to I, understand what it was, but I, I think suspect, it's good. I suspect too that because you are a singer and you you are someone who uses your voice, when you hear people use their voice incorrectly, uh, it it bothers you. I well, know it bothers me. It's I think also when people are talking really fast, it's for one of two things. It's And in her case, it could be because she's trying to get out a lot of information in the 30 seconds of airtime that she's going to have that, you know, on TV, or it's she's expecting to get interrupted. Uh, so yeah. she's trying to get it all out. I mean, that's that's what I've, I've noticed in, in women talking. Yeah, it's, that's true. You, you try to say fast, you try to talk fast, you try not to pause, because if you do, you give, if you give anybody else an opening, they're going to just jump in there and you don't get to finish what you're saying. <laughs> that might very well be true. That's yeah. true. And, and, and if she was training for the 30 second soundbite, but then had an hour interview, <laughs> that's what that, I think that's what happened for me. I was like, I can't anymore, you know? So it's, I don't know. So it's interesting. I mean, I, it, it made me think about the issue of you know, um, sexism, we all, we all deal with it and we've all probably have it to some degree because we're steeped in it, you know? So it made me wonder. Yeah. It made me think, right. Um, (laughs) okay. You know, I I can have my own visceral reaction. Is it partly based in sexism? Is it based in what she's saying or, you know, it's, it's good. It made me think it's really good to reflect on those things when I have this kind of reaction. So, for what, it, for what it's worth, but and, but anyway, and, Elizabeth Warren does not have yes. that issue. <laughs> no, she does not. I, I mean, she's. I I think she's. You know, she's got that whole package, in my opinion. You know, she she. I can listen to her talk all day, and I've actually. You know, how many other YouTube speeches uh, or lectures that are ninety minutes long have I actually sat through and listened to all of it? And she's the only one. Mm. You know, it was it was a. She was giving um, a speech or a lecture. It looked like it was like in somebody's living room. And this may have been when she started running for Senate. And she was talking about. You're talking about Elizabeth Warren? Yes. I'm talking okay. about Elizabeth Warren. And it's it's probably still on YouTube. And um, I will dig it up and post the link on, <laughs> on our site. Um, she was giving a talk about. It was really about um, like the the, I guess the the soundbite part of it is is the the social compact between the 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 wealthy and the rest of the country about how they use our infrastructure to to benefit their businesses and it's all this stuff and it's also and it was also thrown in there with um the the eroding of the middle class and how families are basically one disaster away from bankruptcy it was it was that lecture or that mm-hmm. speech um, and it was like, it was, it felt, I think it was like at least an hour, maybe 90 minutes. And I listened to the entire thing. Um, and yeah, I, yeah, you, really you, <laughs> you get the, the professorial, um, uh, idea in there when, or technique that when she's talking, she's making sure that she's breaking it down so that the audience understands, which is a good communication skill. You know, that that she can, she can be as smart as she is. And it's obvious that she's very smart and yet she can talk down to the masses, you know, talk at our level. But um, I I don't feel like she's talking down to anyone. No, no, not talking down. She she can explain complicated things. So it's something that Bill Clinton did a lot. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think he was a good communicator also. Yeah. So that's cool. Well, my favorite, my favorite Elizabeth Warren moment was, when she was, oh, was it the guy from Wells Fargo? I think she was talking to somebody um, recently. One one of these 
capitals of industry who was screwing things up. And she she pinned him down and and showed him what he was doing to hurt the country. And he was and he was saying, um, I'm I'm insulted by that remark. And she went, good. (laughs) I saw that. Good. Yeah. Yeah. She she will. If she gets to be our president. And, you know, and we don't have McConnell basically blocking anything. um, I think I think we would see a huge amount of reforms. Mm -hmm. You You know, know, and that's I'm hoping for. Yeah. And uh, bringing up the uh, the slate of women running is um, author and something wellness guru, spiritual, I don't know, uh, Marianne Williamson, uh, who I had never heard of before. Um, She's uh, but she had enough followers and raised enough money to get uh, get into that um debate so she's going to be on the debate stage uh she's a she's an author and here her her little blurb in the ballotpedia thing is milt williamson said she wants to bring a moral and spiritual awakening to the united states with her candidacy she supports Medicare for all, the Green New Deal, and a hundred billion in reparations for slavery. That's interesting. <laughs> uh, Williamson said that U.S. foreign policy and national security should be based more on efforts to wage peace than on efforts to prepare for war. She is a lecturer and author who has written twelve books. Um, including four New York Times bestsellers. She has appeared as a guest on Oprah Winfrey Show, Good Morning America, and Real Time with Bill Maher. Uh, She ran to represent the 33rd Congressional District of California as an independent candidate in 2014 and apparently, you know, didn't win. So she, I, you know, she has no political governing experience. And I am really leery of letting another one of those in to the white house mm. right i i honestly feel like her role is to um just bring some consciousness and some ideas you know it's like okay. um, you know a return her books are like a return to love and the gift of change and things that are very it's you know she's super popular in the new age world and you know i i don't think she's going to really be a president our president but um I, the giving some sense of you know there's actually love and and uh something beyond like the surface issues that everyone's talking about that that exists in the world and is part of our con- part of our potential consciousness i think it's good to be reminded of that you know i think cory booker reminds people of that kind of stuff like he's he's when he's i hear him speak like i i recognize the language he uses as um someone coming from a spiritual perspective and and i understand that language and i kind of get it i feel like a you know and that's Mm -hmm. what she is she's like that too okay so you think that she's kind of there to keep the conversation going not that she really seriously is a potential president well, I think whether she may want to be president, I don't think her polling is going to make that happen, you know, but I think, but I think that, you know, maybe she puts some good ideas out there that people can remember, even if it's in the back of their head and not in their actual presentations that, you know, hmm. there's, okay. we've got, we, we as human beings have more depth than we, um, ever talk about in these arenas and maybe it's good to remember that when you're deciding on whether or not to go to war or whether or not you're gonna you know how you're going to equalize our um our economic situation or something like that you know (laughs) it helps i think to remember our humanity (laughs) so if that's if that's her her functionier than that yeah i I, we need we do need to remember our humanity and it's getting harder and harder um as a country um you know the more i read about our history and the more i see in what's actually going on right now 
it's like, you know, I think as a nation, we've totally lost the moral high ground if we ever really had it in the first place. And, you know, if she can, if she can uh, inject some spirit of that into, you know, the debate in, and, and, and the platform, et cetera, et cetera, um, that would be a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess time will tell. Time will tell. Watch the debates tonight. Yeah, debates debates are tonight. How how much hope do you have that this is 10 people on stage talking at the same time if we're going to get any answers? Or winnow winnow the, the slate down a bit? We'll get we'll get something. I'm going to invite uh, a friend over and hopefully listen with someone that I can also sort of discuss with as mm. it goes. And it helps, you know, to have someone yeah. to bounce ideas off of and as you listen. So well, it's uh, we'll know we'll know more. <laughs> yes, we'll know more soon. <laughs> Hey, I'm Julissa Johnson from Muller She Wrote and The Racial Maddow Show, and you're listening to The Leftscape, The Shape of Progressive Conversation. Lovely listeners, we love you all, and we'd love to hear from you. So post your comments on our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and please go to iTunes or wherever you go to get your podcasts and give us a five-star review. We really need those reviews, and that would help us out a lot. Thanks a lot. So we're wrapping up the month of June, and uh, this segment uh, we're calling the Pride Report. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I want to start with Robin because uh, I've been talking too much. Oh, um, sure. you went to Philly Pride. Tell me. I, I went to Philly Pride. It was it was great. It was one thing I learned was that uh, well, first of all, I marched with the bisexual contingent, um, Philly by visibility, and I. I'm not certain that a bi specific group has ever marched in Philly Pride. It may maybe by Unity did years ago, but I remember them usually um just be having a table at the festival kind of thing, you know. Um, but this was the first time I marched in Philly and the first I'm aware of a bi group marching, which was really cool. Um and I learned that I should get there early if I'm going to line up in Philadelphia <laughs> because the police had things blocked off in weird ways. And I, the normal way I would have walked to our location was like, wait a minute, <laughs> how do I get there from here? You know, so it was kind of a bit of jostling around. But once I got there, it was great. And, um, you know, got to hang out with friends. I brought uh, my big bi flag that I marched with that I usually bring to the beach with me. <laughs> so, so that was cool. And one of the well two really great things that i felt about this was that um people joined in as we marched so they kind of had that ability it wasn't like all blocked off along the whole parade route so oh, people, yeah so as people saw so like it the, grew yeah so our contingent definitely, definitely grew as we went toward uh penn's landing which was great and um i really only felt or experienced positive vibes from people um there were some protesters like were just protesting the whole parade that I didn't even hear. I, I heard about later that people were like blocking them, blocking their view with umbrellas and oh, making great. blowing whistles and stuff. So you don't <laughs> even hear them. <laughs> so that was cool. But in terms of like, I remember years ago, there used to be bi-specific, um, biphobia, really. People kind of like trying to obviously stop clapping when you went by or oh, that's cold. said like, you know, get off the fence or stupid shit like that. And I haven't experienced that at Pride in, in years. It seems to really be uh, people get that we are, in fact, a huge part of the community. And um, and you exist. And that we exist. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that was that was good. It's really encouraging uh, to see people like especially you see some people light up and go like, oh, my gosh, bisexuals. Like they weren't <laughs> expecting to see us, you know. <laughs> so so the that's rare, cool. The rare sighting of the of the bisexual in their native environment that's right <laughs> <laughs> exactly you know so that was fun and um and i like philly pride because it's a, it's a little it's a kinder gentler pride 
in my opinion, because it's not as it's not as long of a of march, you know. I um, think of Philadelphia as a kinder, gentler New York, and I always have. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's got all of the same neighborhoods as New York does. Like it has a Chinatown, you know, it has like, you know, a little Italy, um, but it's smaller, you know, it's instead yeah. of instead of like, you know, being 30 blocks, you know, square, it's like five and right, you can right. traverse it like in, <laughs> in your lifetime, you know, <laughs> yeah. but it's good, you know, because you, you can do the parade and um, then you can go back, go find some place to eat and hang out and sort of relax and stuff. And I also, I, I will be marching in New York as well, um, especially, you know, with the 50th anniversary of Stonewall, just to march past the Stonewall is a really powerful thing, you know. Um, but that is a very long day and it's, yeah, it's exhausting, but totally worth it. But it's just a different, I kind of have to gear up for it in a different way, you know. It was exhausting when we went. <laughs> the year that the gay marriage passed and we were just watching <laughs> right <laughs> but yeah but it's fun i love pride season so i mean i'm having fun I'm, I'm really bummed that i was i had to leave like the day before la pride mm. that would have been fun so maybe one year yeah so um rawway and union county had a whole bunch of stuff uh this past week and it started with uh, they raised the rainbow flag at the um, train station plaza, which is like this really nice um, public area that the city built when they renovated the train station. And um, which has a statue of Tesla. in it. Yeah. Well, Tesla had a factory around the corner from where the statue is, uh, which, you know, which it's, proximity to menlo park where edison was is kind of there's i think there's a whole thing go for that so mm-hmm. someday we'll talk about that but um uh so that flag raising was really you know it was really nicely attended i think there were maybe 50 100 people there um there was a, and and we posted uh a little video like a really short video on our instagram because uh, I taped it with my phone and and it was nice. Um, the mayor, I didn't realize it was the mayor when he handed me um, a little rainbow ribbon pin uh, <laughs> so that I got to meet the mayor without knowing I was meeting the mayor. Uh, <laughs> and then on on Saturday, Mary and I went to uh, Union County Pride. Oh, but at the at the flag raising, I do have to say this. Um, I think one of the reasons Union County is doing all of this stuff is because Union County, New Jersey has an office of LGBTQ affairs and, you know, and it's staffed and it has a budget. And the woman who was um, was speaking, gave a little speech at the flag raising, said that this is only one of four such offices in the entire country. And it's the only one in New Jersey. So. I'm not sure why, but I'm really glad that we have this. I wish that other communities would consider having this office as well. Um, That's really great. Yeah, it, it's really cool. And and so Saturday, Mary and I went to um, the Union County Family Pride Day, which was at the Rahway River Park. Uh, and Robin, you and I have like you tried to get me to exercise down that in that park. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <Years ago. laughs> um, and that was, you know, they, they had the, their portable stage and they had a lot of stuff going on and uh, a bouncy house. Yeah. And the, it looked like for kids, they had a bouncy house and a, and a big slide and portable mini golf, which I had never seen before. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, a lot of um, companies and and uh, government organizations had had booths to uh, give out information. Um, and I discovered that there is a group within, I think it was the Robert Wood Johnson Medical Umbrella. Oh, yeah. Uh, that specifically has medical stuff for lgbt people where you know and i and i guess they're they're coming out and talking about this stuff because of all of the recent rulings saying that providers can deny service to people and and do all this other stuff and and they have they have um a whole 
section, you know, that they, you know, they, they're dealing with, you know, trans people with their hormones and, and their medical issues and all this other stuff. And I thought that was really great. That yeah, it's, maybe, maybe we'll get someone from there to talk on our show. And well, we will, I, I, I have business cards and names. Um, and, and there was, you know, the people, there's a, there was a representation from, uh, the Union County YWCA, which, uh, I believe we will be having on the show at some point in the near future because she was really enthusiastic about being on the show. So, nice. um, and they, they run women's shelters for, um, domestic violence. So, um, and this, so was a, there was a there was a there was a little booth where you could make a button you could decorate you know make a draw a button and and we we got some that uh, said free mom hugs and uh, Mary you want to say something <laughs> I'm talking too much here oh uh, well no you had it down pretty well and uh, the I was doing mom hugs so <laughs> it's it's a good thing to do what and what I loved though about the Union County event was that it was so family friendly that it was really everybody together. It wasn't just one group of people. Everybody was celebrating pride. I like that. I really like when there are different types of events that, you know, some are for kids and some not so much for kids and some for people who want to go to a big parade or a march and, other things that are more sedate. So it's, yeah. I, I like the fact, at first I was a little bit nervous. I was like, well, there's so many prides now. There's so many like small towns <laughs> doing things. Is it going to like dilute the big events or what, what will happen? And it's like, I think it's just great. It's just more, more opportunities and, and differences in what people want to um, emphasize. The small events are at least as important as the big events. Yeah. Um, because one of the, one of the other speakers at the flag raising was talking about, you know, how they didn't have, you know, when they were in, when they were in school, um, that, that they were always nervous about, about their identity and coming out and everything. Cause they were afraid of, of how it was going to be, how the reaction was going to be from the community and by the city and the community being there and being supportive and saying, we see you and we love you and everything. It's like, it, it's, it's helping, you know, it's helping all the kids coming to terms with who they are, you know, and they don't have to be afraid. And, um, and that, and that's, you know, that's really important. And the last thing that they did on Saturday, which I didn't manage to get to because I was kind of tired after being at the, the park all day is like right after the park stuff closed, they did a, a ribbon cutting for the, um, they have a, a rainbow crosswalk downtown now. So they did a, rid- a ribbon cutting and a dance party immediately following the other thing. So, and it's going to stay rainbow or just for June? Oh, I, I, I have no idea how long, I don't think they have plans to paint over it or anything. So it nice. may just wear away, but because the paint, the paint and the labor were donated. Because I know there were people on our community Facebook page. Immediately, somebody was bitching about, "Why are you wasting our money doing blah blah blah?" It's like, no, it was done. People paid for this. It didn't come out of your tax dollars, jerk off. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the guy that the naysayers got shut down pretty quick online. <laughs> but. Um, it it was and it and it's like I think it's also because the communication director for the city runs that Facebook page, so he saw it was like seven hundred comments on that post, on the on the um, anti-gay post that got somebody put there, and then disappeared. I think I think it was basically somebody was trolling us, but the reaction was uh, was swift and <laughs> decisive. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Well, that so, sounds cool. Uh, yeah. I'm glad to hear about Philadelphia. That that sounded cool too. Yeah, mm. it was a, it was really a, a fun day. You know, mm. got to hang out with a couple of old friends, and uh, you know, just have a fun time. Good yeah. food, good, and good I hope people. Is amazing for you. I will not be going just because that kind of crowd. Those that many people start making me nervous at this point i'm not mm-hmm. i'm not good in crowds anymore in my old age so okay. 
but you're going to have to, you're going to have to do it for the rest of us. I will. <laughs> and I will bring a report. Because you're the young day. whippersnapper. You oh can boy. Still do it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so for the rest of you, all our listeners out there, happy remainder of Pride Month. And uh, we will see you in July. been listening to the Let's Skate podcast. Find us online at letsskate.com, on Twitter at Let's Skate, and on Facebook at Let's Skate. The Let's Skate, the shape of progressive conversation.